Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is bridging the knowledge readiness gap. And our guest for today's show is Daniel Ganderella, who is the Vice President and Chief Learning Officer with Texas Health Resources. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I'm well this morning. How are you today? Very good, sir. Very good. So the reason we picked up this topic is because knowledge or information we have an overload we are literally drinking from the fire hose but people still seem to be thirsty because that's not translating so yeah people can say i have knowledge i have an understanding and awareness of what's going on but at the same time when they are supposed to implement anything related to the initiative that they had started and in that context they tried to acquire knowledge that readiness doesn't seem to exist, which is what what we want to explore. Why is that happening? Where are the gaps and how can organizations get better at it? And if possible, where technology executives who are our prime listeners can benefit from it or perhaps take charge and support this bridging, which is with the bridging between the knowledge and readiness. So the first question, Daniel, is we have a lot of unknowns and new. This is a very interesting time that we are living in, a lot of unprecedented happening, some disruptions happening. And we are supposed to be moving forward in this haze and we cannot afford to just keep status quo, otherwise we will perish. In that environment, what do you think is the position organizations are taking with respect to learning? Are they investing in it? Is learning keeping pace with this speed of business? Yeah, that, that's a really great question. I think there's there's a couple of things. And just to even tackle a little bit about what you're, you, you started with, um, especially with the audience here of chief technology officers, we're at a, a, a pretty critical time, I think, in, in business when we have all of these new technologies. And to your point of information and data and everything has almost become like a commodity that's sitting out there. So it's how are we translating that information and what are the tools and resources that will help our people to, to translate that information and make it as effective as possible. So um, I, I think, you know, it, organizations are continuing to invest in technology. And one of the things that we often forget um, in this is the technology by itself doesn't necessarily um, run, run the business. We have people that are doing it. So underlying all this are some elements for uh, humans, and part of that is change, and part of that is is really understanding and knowing what to do with the technology. So one of my favorite articles um, is the the Leaders Framework for Decision Making by Dave Snowden. Um, really lays out this framework for how we make decisions, which information should really play into. So there's there's really four key buckets. Um, there's you know simple decisions and, and the simple notion of the framework where cause and effect can be determined. So it's really easy to make a decision. Um, um, but there's this other part in the framework that's about complexity, um, and this is where uh, uh, Dave Snowden has really made, made an impact, is on this notion of complexity theory. And in this world that you're talking about, this haze of these unknown unknowns, that it really requires sort of experimentation or a mindset for management and leaders um, to utilize these tools, utilize the data, take it, make some decisions, and then to the point of, of learning 
from that, you know, we did this, then this happened, to be able to take that information and really then synthesize it, right? So in the world of AI, we're hoping for um, machines to do that, but right now we have to realize that they're not there yet, and so our people are the ones that are going to have to learn by trial and error through safe experimentation so we can truly make this learning. So, um, you know, we, I know at Texas Health, we were one of the sort of the trailblazers as it relates to our um, electronic health record implementation. Uh, we, you know, we, we made meaningful use a long time ago, and we've um, implemented quickly knowing that we needed to get to this world of having the data sit there, being able to use the data. And so through that, there's, you know, different trials and errors that we made of how we go in and implement and train people, taking a staged approach and learning from each implementation area and slowly um, putting that tool throughout the system that will enable clinical decision-making. Um, so I think there's other, other factors like this in, the, um, in other industries, but you know, when we think about it, it's really that tool is going to be implemented by our staff, and then on the back end, people are going to be looking at data and learning from what's working and not working. So, given what you just uh, mentioned, that is good where you brought up the people side, because of course the learning is uh, to be done by people and to be used by people. That's great. Now, the fundamental shift, so even though the, the audience is information technology leaders, but they are there to help business leveraging technology. And that means the business, the way it is fundamentally shifting. So it's not that the business, the new technologies are coming out. It's fundamental shift even in the way business models are getting disrupted, in the way the, the very business ecosystem is getting disrupted or new things which we have never thought would happen are happening at the business level. So this learning has to be across the board and there is a lot of inertia that we tackle with when people are supposed to to be uh, going in a brand new direction which they never thought it's going to happen and that to go very fast which means organizational learning has to literally become part of the DNA is that is that even thought as a, a critical strategic approach to learning in organizations today yeah, I think, um, you know, typically, and, and this is where the, the notion of the, the learning function individuals in, in my role have really been trying to, to play a larger role of understanding um, not just what the core competencies are of the business, right, but then what does that mean um, for what we need for individuals? And then to your point of, you know, the, then how are we how are we making sure that individuals are capable of, if we said agility is something that we need individuals in the organization to be able to do, how, how are we um, reinforcing that agility and then I think building systems right around it so that people are rewarded for the agility and being able to change, that we're seeking out people within the organization that can guide people down down this path because, you know, 10 years ago, if you've been looking at the news in healthcare, um, we would never have thought that, okay, Amazon's going to be moving into the pharmacy business, right? And then, by the way, that um, 
CVS now realizes there's competition. So they're, you know, if you've read the news, New York Times and others, that they're moving into more of the insurance business. They've got a proposal on to make a purchase of, of Aetna. So these landmark shifts are occurring. And around there, that requires for, um, for our, you know, our senior most leaders to understand the direction that we now have to take and what these partnerships mean. And then to help convey that message down um, to the organization so that people understand why. I think that's one of the things we often miss. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, if we are trying to implement new systems, if we are taking a new approach to really communicate to individuals why it's so important because that helps to truly drive the, the adoption of, you know, whatever that, that system is, right? It, it may not be... Um, we need better information or we need to take a new strategic direction. It could, it could be, look, this is life or death of the business. We, we have to make this change because look at this competition that's coming. And I think we find that the more that we can do that, even down to the local level and build that understanding in, the easier it is to help to steer a massive ship in a different direction. So, um, you know, I think every organization does that, but we're here at our organization in the middle of, um, you know, a, a new, we use 10-year strategic sort of plans and visions where we lay out where we're going towards. And we just completed um, our last one. We used a mountain metaphor. We were climbing this mountain and we were able to tell people at the very beginning what we were trying to do and why we were trying to do it. And then we made little incremental steps right along the way saying, here's what we're doing now and, and communicating that down and engaging people in the metaphor of climbing this mountain. So, you know, every three years we'd bring out um, uh, mountain pictures and have people take them with them. So they realize here's what we're doing and here's why and connecting the dots for them um, so that we can shift. Now that's a planned approach. And then on the dime, you know, part of that has got to be, look, here's what we thought and, it's transparent communication and making some shifts along the way. But I, I, you know, I, I don't know of any organization that really does it extremely well. There's always some pain um, in making those quick on the dime shifts. And it's, it really comes down to, you know, finding the right people um, that fit within that organizational model that you're looking for and developing them to keep that mindset open and to uh, be willing and adaptive to change as it comes along. So totally uh, well taken, uh, the, the input that you gave here. Now, the business case of learning perhaps is not as difficult to make because they understand that without new learning or new capabilities, we will not be able to pivot. And humans are learners. And even if you did not say, they are learning somewhere in pockets, in, in piecemeal. But then challenge becomes is, are they learning, keeping in mind where the business wants to go? Is that learning not always structured, but becomes part of their doing what they do? And even while they're doing their own job, is it cohesive that that cumulative effect of the learning is going to enable them and move them towards readiness? Because learning is a means to an end, right? Yep, what do you correct. think on, on uh, yeah so how do you make that learning process even though happening it's like a, a swarm of ants right if you have to move them in a given direction now they have their own antennas and they're figuring that out you want learning to happen in such a way that they all are learning in their own right but they are moving towards one direction what what's the art and the science of that 
Yeah, so I, I think um, those those are great questions. So uh, you, you mentioned a quite quite a variety of things in there. So I think one to to your point that the notion, and this is sort of one of these older adult learning principles that sort of um, that that's been out there for a long time with the the notion from John Dewey that individuals cannot be separated from their their experience, right? And so um, we we all bring in these past experiences, and that's sort of how we've um, identified. Uh, and understand sort of how the world works. And so when you think about, you know, what's going on, um, what happens outside of work and you, you know, think about disruption and, um, and, and people, um, with, with cell phones, right. When, and now becoming these mobile devices that are, you know, more you know, stronger powered than, than other computers that existed decades ago. Um, we, we now have this disruption at home with all that, and it comes into the workplace. So people already have this notion of what they can kind of expect. So I think the, the goal is to try to bring that experience and say, look, we need to make work mimic what you, um, what you experience um, in, in the rest of your life. And uh, one, one of those ways in order to get it, get it aligned is, look, we, we don't really retain a lot of information in our um, in our brains anymore, right? A lot of a lot of times, you know, the you probably experience this is you uh, you have a uh, your dishwasher breaks. First thing you do is you look up the make and model number. You go on YouTube, you search, you find, and and then you can use that information to go ahead and and fix your dishwasher um, because someone else has already done it. So it's really tapping into that collective. Um, but to focus and harness that energy, what we're really talking about is thinking about what a given role in an organization does and then to illustrate for those individuals, you know, whether it's through a a framework or something else, what they're expected to do um, and then to start to point them in the right direction of being capable of of finding that. So, you know, one of my uh, favorite uh, resources to push people to is um, we get calls all the time here and, you know, or I do from, from individuals saying, look, I need help with Excel. Well, really, that doesn't mean you need help with Excel. There's a problem they're probably facing. So I direct them to one of my favorite YouTube sites, which is Excel is Fun. Um, you can typically search through there and find just about anything that's been created uh, uh, on there. So it's, it's really more of curating aligned with what the expectations are in a role. So whether it's, you know, in... Uh, an operations role, whether it's an RN or, you know, a nurse here or whether it's an IT role or learning, you know, marketing, sales, whatever it is, really understanding what are those core components and then putting in front of the individuals in that role, here's what these expectations are and the capabilities we need you to have and here are the resources to go and find it. And, you know, in this world of commoditized knowledge and, and information where it's out there. It's more of helping to steer them because we know people are always looking for things, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter. People are sharing videos and, and, and it's directing them to the resources that we think are, are most, are most in, important for them to be able to do their job. And that's sort of getting the business aligned with the role, aligned with the individual um, so that they're able to you know, drive success for that business. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the ROI for learning, and which is where if you are just learning and it stays with you or maybe you apply it to a limited degree, 
that's fine. Some value is getting added, but what we don't measure, we cannot improve. And the way we may want to ideally uh, look at the ROI is that how much did a person as an individual or as part of a group became ready to achieve a corporate objective? If, is that a good measure? Is that the only measure we should go after when we are trying to calculate ROI? Because then whatever we do, it will be aligned to the end outcome that we intend to get. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Daniel, let's talk about the ROI for learning because, as I mentioned before, we took the break is what doesn't get measured doesn't get improved. So, if you don't have a, um, a numeric measure, if you will, how could we ever say we are truly learning as individual, as group, as department, as an organization? Yeah, so um, that, that's a really great question because it comes up all the time, um, especially when we're looking at, you know, in the budgeting process and how we're making contributions. So I think there's a couple of ways to, to think about this. And the way that, um, that I've typically thought about this and when we present these cases overall, um, it, it's... The, the underlying question here is really value, right? That's what we're really trying to drive is value. So there's a financial value that's included, and there are some other elements that are, that are included. So I think um, when we are purely focused on training or learning or for an individual or a team um, or even an initiative, um, if it's on its own, typically becomes something that is highly scrutinized uh, because we're looking at, so what's the value going to contribute? And, you know, most people in here have said, well, we, we want to uh, implement this new 
initiative, there's this training, and then when they're done, they're going to be capable of doing this. So they want to know what's that value. So what, what we typically try to do, and I'll, and I'll give you a good example here of what we've done with a high-reliability um, rollout, is it's got to be in service of. That's the language that we use here in this organization. So th- this training, this education, this is in service of achieving some outcome, and that outcome is is linked to the organizational outcome. So what we did, um, uh, we've been on this path to becoming a high-reliability organization. As a part of that journey, what we said is, look, we need to bring out education and training um, to be in support of that. So in year one, we're going to train managers and leaders because they're the ones that are then going to train their staff in year two. Uh, And in year three, we're going to hit physicians um, who are affiliated with the organization. So we're going to put that path together. Um, But in the end, there are some very clear expectations on what needs to be done. So at the end of the first year, all of our leaders had to be holding... um, if you were in an operational setting, like you're in one of our hospitals um, or facilities, that you need to be having a daily safety huddle. So all of this was really driving to that point of they have to have a, di- a daily safety huddle. There also needed to be a um, beginning, a, starting a meeting with a safety story, right? There was a new practice of five-to-one feedback. So what we did is we had these very clear, concrete expectations that we could then go and mark are they being done? Not necessarily to start off with the quality of them, but just to get started, right? In this notion of, I shared sort of this complexity of getting started and, and these unknown unknowns of, of getting started with some clear, concrete behaviors that were new expectations in service of this overall initiative. So by the end of the year, we had all leaders doing this. And then the next year, the expectation is their staff we're going to be trained on some very specific tools they needed to utilize to drive, um, to drive safety. So that it could be presenting information in a certain format. It could be, you know, making sure to speak up for safety. And there's a tool that we use that's it's called CUS, which people really like because you know it says I'm concerned, um, uh, and that's how you start the 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 conversation. And you sl- slowly escalate it up to um, I'm uncomfortable, and then this is a safety. Issue. So we, we had some very concrete practices that we could put into place and that this was in support of really driving and understanding what those needs were. And then we could visibly see that they were being done. So in the end, we have not only, um, you know, the value that we provided was, one, financial, and that we could go say, look, every time we've identified a safety issue and we've solved that problem for the organization, we've saved and we can quantify that. Um, but it, there's also this whole, the, the expectation was these things were going to be in practice. So we're meeting both the financial expectation as well as the expectation that there's, there's a, a very visible practice that can be done. Um, and, and those are the things that I think come together. So it's, it's this, this um, interaction of we can see it Plus, we know there's a financial benefit, and it overall fits with our driving practice of what we're trying, trying to accomplish. So that, that's just one example um, of what we've done. But again, the, the return on investment, we, um, we might not have calculated that because of the, the, the thought that this is really attached to this overall initiative, which is about quality and safety, and they've identified some things. And through training people, educating them, making sure people are continually learning on these, we know we're driving those practices. 
Now, one is to uh, look at learning as learning by consumption, which is either you go to a class, you take an online course, you are having an instructor-led or a one-on-one training. But then learning could also be by wondering and experimenting. If you look at many progressive companies, they are allowing people the breathing room versus treating them as industrial workers to say, I will teach you a skill to make a widget. But that doesn't automatically result in the best ROI you could get from that worker, especially in today's information age and suppose in your case, healthcare is a service industry. So are we limiting our learning approaches to, okay, I got this person to consume this much, he's going to retain 18% or 40% of it based on how it was taught or how it was consumed by them. And as a result, they will build some specific capabilities. Are we done or are we actually working towards making them a little more rounded, little more wondering type of individuals where they actually contribute towards innovation also and not just following orders like you would have done back in the industrial age? Yeah, the um, the the whole notion of moving from sort of a a compliance base. Here's what I need to do, and here are these these expectations, and go do them. To this ongoing learning, um, it is one of those things that, without a doubt, as, as a broader society, we we've probably um, we, we need to think about because we we have created very what we'll call dependent learners. Um, and that they're expecting for somebody to tell them sort of what they what they need to do and to learn. Um, and that's sort of going back to that notion of the framework. And this is what we're working on right now in our organization. And I know some others have, have done this already is to lay out sort of those guardrails around what we're looking at um, for a given role and to then ask people to say, here's what you need to do in your job. And here are these capabilities that will help you to to enhance that and to let them learn and to set the expectation that they're continually learning. So, you know, one of the great um, initiatives going on right now that I've seen at, at AT&T is they, they've understood, and I heard their chief learning officer speak uh, about this, is that that their landline workers and all this, you know, the, the technology that's been used for the past three or four decades is, is out and there's new technology, new roles. So they have an initiative where they're laying out um, here, here's what the new skills are going to be for the types of roles that we anticipate or that we might not even know are available. Here are the key things we want. And they're asking for employees, not, not in the, the work setting time, but um, on their own to really go, step into and learn more about what's going to be that expectation so they take control of their own career right and and know what they they're going to need to do so they've laid out this this roadmap and this vision and here's skills for the the future and people can go do that so these individuals on these these roles that are going away can start to transform their own sets of skills if they would like to, you know, can continue to stay at AT&T in, in a new type of, of role. So that's one example. Um, I, I think the, the other part to, to your question, though, is, is really how much should we expect for retention um, if someone attends something? And I, and I would say that the way we need to flip this is, is probably as a manager, as an organization, again, what are you expecting them to learn and the formal portion of learning could just be a, a tip sheet, right? A, a performance support job aid to know how to use this tool. What we really want to invest in this, to your point, is around the, 
the, the critical thinking elements and how are they taking this information and utilizing it. So some of that, we can't send someone off to a course and, um, or to some event to learn from. They need feedback in the moment from their leaders. Hey, look, I appreciate how you thought about that, but we need to think about it like this. So th- this notion of a, a manager um, as being a, a coach or as being a teacher Right, we've adopted sort of a leaders as teachers model here is going to be critical because we can't outsource some of those components. They need to be done right there in the moment so the individual truly, truly learns, right? Like machines can learn, humans can learn. We've just sort of, we, we've taken away that, um, that freedom and capability to say, okay, look, I failed. Here's what I need, here's what I need to do next and give them the, the appropriate feedback so they can learn fast and, and start to implement things faster and faster. And when you are looking at this wondering concept of letting people go, give them the breathing room so that they actually are able to assimilate all that was loaded on them, would you be able to preempt or rather uh, trump other things that they may be doing to say, guys, well, I've, I've used their time this much for training time, but there is some assimilation time, so I need to get them the breathing room. Do you, uh, do you think organizations are allowing that, to, uh, uh, that freedom to a learning leader to go and negotiate that with the administrative leader or an IT leader in this case to say, yeah, give think- me some time for these guys? Yeah, I, I think that's one of the um, one of the issues that we continually face is it's really tough to to want to build things in because I know that things change as fast. So we want to be able to implement um, as fast as possible, and, and people do need the the time to one to to learn. And what I mean by that is through that experimentation process, as well as be educated and trained on what what the whole approach and purpose is. So it, it is a constant. It is a constant battle, and I think it, it's, it needs to be set up effectively through a change management um, approach. So we, we're working on an initiative right now in our organization to implement a palliative care solution, which is, is more, more holistic towards end of life as well as to, to eliminate unnecessary pain and suffering through, through treatments. And one of the things that we've done is been able to get in on the front end of this and to say, look, how do we want to roll this out such that it sticks, um, which may mean in the first year we only do this much, and in the second year we can only do this much. And we've been really strategic in how we're coming up with this plan to make sure that if we believe this is the right approach, then, then it's going to be um, an intentional effort to get it up and running and make sure it's 100% successful. Right? So that's the, the biggest thing is, some, I mean, initiatives fail, and we know this, and we know that you know the research says that the majority, the far majority, far the the vast majority of of initiatives ending up failing, and and a big chunk of that is because we don't give the time and resources needed to do that. So it is a constant battle, and something that um, that individuals like me and I know others in the organization try to push on because we're just hitting employees from from all sides. Um, and, and it makes it tough to understand where to prioritize your time. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we'll be right back, and let's talk about the holistic approach to learning across the organization because you could uh, have the squeaky wheels, which gets the most attention, so they get the most learning. But when you're talking digital and this digital age, literally everything shifts. And that means the learning 
needs to be touching all areas for the final outcome that we may be looking at from a people process technology across different departments to to create the most value or the optimal value is there something we can do or is there something being done where we say okay we're going to do the learning but we will rethink it so that people learn and become capable and become ready at the same time versus one waiting for the other how do you make that juggling happens so that the outcome that you're looking for is achieved. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now back to the show. Welcome back. So we are talking about uh, an environment in digital where everything has to be touched, from capability development, from learning, and any other resources to be provided. So coming to learning, how do you negotiate? With different business unit leaders, how do you build the necessary expectations and provide the resources so that learning happens holistically and also calibrated so that it happens somewhat at the same speed? So for readiness purposes, as a full organization, we're not waiting for some people at all times. Right. Yeah. This is uh, this is one of those things. Back to the point of um, th- these are really difficult because what we're talking about is a, is a change effort. Right. Anytime we are we're um, either implementing a new system, asking for people to do something differently, what we're really fundamentally saying is we need you to change. Um, and the hard part in these efforts is we want to change everything extremely fast because we can see the end the end game. So it's almost it's it's. It's a skill set that, that's really hard to um, to think about. Is what's the scope? What's the sequence through which through which we do things? And, and I will tell you, we we have some plans that have worked really well that we've been in on. Um, and one of those was our, our high reliability plan, where we got things tied in, and um, you know we we have this 
promise packet and message words were tied there. We have this, um, we had the, they were, I told you the metaphor about the mountain and we uh, connected messages about high reliability in there as well as the training. So we immersed everybody in it and made it so they couldn't kind of run. Um, other, other types, you know, uh, of approaches is we go up site by site, like we're going to do with this new implementation with our, with the revenue cycle system that we're using. And so we're going to go up by one site and then we're going to go up by two or three more and then two or three more. And each one, we're going to capture the learnings and adjustments and make some changes. And I think one of the elements that we need to really keep in mind is, you know, we, we sort of expect that everybody by the end of the implementation or when it starts will we'll have that same level of capability. But there, there's a variety of things, and this gets really down deep into the organization to that frontline manager role or supervisor, whoever is the, the team lead, um, understanding what's going on with their staff, um, knowing why we're making this change, and being able to translate some of that change to the individuals. Because I think uh, most people inherently, right, and say most, want want to do a good job. They, they come to work. They, they want to do their best. They want to understand how they're connected to the organization's um, mission, vision, purpose, you know, reason for existence. And so the, the more those things can be tied into how what you're doing in that role is driving this, the, the better. But yeah, I, you know, we have good examples, like I mentioned with HR, where we clearly did this on high reliability. We have other examples where it's been hard, right, with our, even though we've been a trailblazer on our implementation of our um, electronic health record system, there's, there's still uh, a, a variety of difficulties and pockets of, of people that, that just don't quite grasp it and, um, and have difficulty, you know, utilizing the tools and understanding what the purpose is. Um, and, and, and that's just one of those expectations. I don't know if we will ever get away from that. Uh, and be able to eliminate that. But I think we can mitigate it by thinking through how we create that change in the first place. I wish if we had a readiness dashboard for an organization where we are also able to plot the learning initiatives and as learning happens across the organization, we show the movement, upwards movement, hopefully, in the readiness. Do you think such... Things are tried. You know that that's a um, that's a a real I think trailblazing idea there, right? Um, we've we are in the process of bundling up a variety of initiatives in our organization because I'm sure all of your listeners, um, you know, we're, we're we're very similar in that everybody has their own initiative and we're all trying to to push things forward, but we don't quite have our or is all going the same direction. So um, we've created a, a new model where we have a group of individuals, um, and, and I'll say a new model, a, a sort of a decision-making model for the organization, right? How we will decide as Texas Health what we're going to do. Um, and so there's a committee that, that makes these decisions, and there's a group that helps to plan and prioritize and think through sort of when these things need to happen so that we can have a broader organizational change management plan and initiative um, so that we, we know, again, so here, here's what we're trying to do. Um, and then underneath that, we're not there yet, but I'm imagining that underneath that, 
to, to your point is where you know individuals like myself partner with the business and are saying, okay, so here are the capabilities in these units that we're really that are really going to have to drive the success of adoption of these initiatives and to move us forward. Um, so then I think the next measure to your point of of ROI uh, before is, okay, so what are the critical, and I'll call them competencies required to achieve that, and who in these um, areas already has them, and if they do, let's leverage them to move us forward, and if they don't, that's where we want to focus our time, right, on, on being able to support those individuals to, to move them through um, through the change to, to build the capability and then, and then to advance quickly. So that, that's a, a great uh, concept, and I think we're working in that direction with this initiative dashboard. Um, but we're, um, you know, we're, that's slowly forthcoming. And again, I've I've seen a variety of other organizations, and it depends on your um, on the centralized or decentralized notion of, of the organization, where a lot of decisions may be held locally. Um, and if those decisions are held locally, and that's the way we've we've been um, prior to the past two to three years, so that that business unit leader was making those decisions and, and driving that forward. Um, and, and that just requires a different sort of expectation of, of thought around it. So um, I hope that answers the question a bit. Definitely it does. Now, the very next one is the times we are in also pose another challenge. We have unprecedented security challenges. You got artificial intelligence coming in in your space telehealth or other IoT-based initiatives that are starting out for you to be able to take healthcare to the next level. There is no one who could claim expertise for, for them to come and train your people. So what do we do? Do we just say one blind is going to lead another blind or someone who is less of a blind is going to lead the other blind? How are we getting the resources in the first place, wherever they come from? or whosoever claims that they know it all or they know enough to train others may be kidding us or themselves. So what do you do for such cutting edge areas to establish learning and with an outcome for readiness? Yeah, so this is, um, you know, that, that question, it, it makes me, you know, just think back. So in, in our industry, so the history of, of, of medicine, right? And you go back to the Greeks and you go, okay, well, look, there was once this theory uh, that there were four humors, right? And there's black bile and yellow bile and phlegm and, and blood. And, those, and the imbalance of those is what drove um, uh, sort of wellness or, or illness. Um, and w- when you think about this, so we're in, to your point of this, this, this revolution in terms of what technology is capable of doing um, and, and what we're required to do for security or analytics or whatever it might be. And so it's, I, I think what you're really speaking to here is back to the, the very first question is this notion of, of complexity. So, um, you know, it, it's really, a, a, if you just look at the pattern, it's a series of tests where you have a theory and then you test it and then you say whether it's correct or, or, or not. Um, and so, you know, we do, we, we probably have, um, very few experts. And so we have to look to those who are doing that ongoing research, probably in academic institutions to really help them, um, test some of their theories around this and to use the business for that. Now, if we don't have time to be able to partner with them, then it really becomes us having to, um, 
having to work through it and to, and I'll call this learning that what's working and not working. So uh, we, we've done, done the same. And I, I wouldn't say with, with AI um, analytics security, we, we have some processes and we're bringing on board a lot more capabilities in our organization to um, create even a, a chief data officer, right? So we want to structurally put that in place for the organization because that's really having to keep, keep the, um, the focus on that is to have someone really driving that that probably has some ex- some expertise, so not uh, maybe not um, you know complete experts since things are changing, but then at the same time to partner with them across different of the business units to, to figure out what what are the the small little incremental pilots that we want to be be capable of doing um, to make sure that we're learning how is this working. So you know it may be. Um, uh, what, what we've done before, and again, not with data, but uh, is we, we opened up some small um, clinics, right, that were targeted for very specific purposes in different neighborhoods to see how they worked. Um, and ultimately, we learned that they did not work as well as, as we thought they were going to be, so we closed them. Um, but we didn't put a lot of investment into it in terms of financial capital. We did enough to see if it would be successful. We... Um, you know, we, we went out there and, and tried the approach. These clinics that were local did not work, so we closed them down, and we cataloged that as a, okay, here's what, what we shouldn't do. Let's move on to the next thing um, and try our next pilot to see if this will work or not. So we need to do take that same approach um, in, in small, safe increments in, um, in these areas of analytics, AI, security, to make sure we understand but there are some high-risk things in there, so we have to find out what are the right pilots to be capable of doing and, and, and partner with academic institutions who have some theories about this that we can test and learn from. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and talk about the very topic we started with, which is bridging the learning or the knowledge that we're acquiring to readiness, which means someone has to impart the learning. People have to learn. They have to apply that learning. They have to experiment. They should have a feedback to what the experimented is it working or not and what additional learning is needed. And then finally bring it to a point where we are confident that we can operationalize. That's called readiness. Can learning be embedded in this whole readiness creation process or learning all along traditionally or even today being just considered as the starting point and then you're on your own when, I, when I'm done training you? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore what should uh, the level, what should be the level at which learning and the related leaders should be embedding themselves in the whole readiness development process. Please stay tuned. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit BlackBerry.com forward slash enterprise. 
Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now back to the show. Welcome back. So people have to learn, apply that learning, experiment, get feedback, apply the feedback, or, or make corrective course like a course correction, and then keep doing it till they become ready. In this process, can learning be embedded? Who all should be? leading this effort, not just the learning leader, but also the, the department head who is allowing that experimentation. And, and a line of sight is created through and through so that we actually are able to see the readiness happen. And if not, very readily able to see or clearly able to see the challenges and then find solutions, apply them and see what works, what doesn't work. Do you think we are in that Star Trek mode of learning and bridging readiness, knowledge to readiness yet? No, I think we're working our way towards it, right? And this is where a lot of these these information systems can really help us um, because we, we are, to your point of trying to create line of sight, is understand here's how the organization has identified that we're going to achieve success, right? So one of our KPIs here is our um, HCAP survey, which is the, the survey that people get when you've had a visit into our hospital or there's a version for if you visit a physician practice and you probably know you get it and you fill it out and then based on that we get a score uh, from from the vendor press Ganey that does this analysis for us and and so what they, they end up um, being able to tell us is you know th- these are being tied to reimbursement so how well we score and what the satisfaction is that that's going to ultimately um, drive some revenue for us so how does that goal line of sight get trickle down then to a target measure, which we have for a hospital or for the physician practices, which then get targeted down to an individual unit or practice. And so we can drill down there on that specific initiative to get down and understand, okay, here are these things. So if they're not quite going very well, that's the point at which, you know, we can look at individuals, right, and their own performance evaluation and link that to the broader um, to the broader KPIs that we're, we're trying to, to drive and the systems underneath that that can provide them data. So, you know, one of the things we've been talking about a lot with our, um, with, I know with our IT folks is, is how do we do some of these things for other initiatives that, that we have, right? So our quality, our quality team is looking at sepsis. Um, and so for our, our sepsis um, effort, then the, the, how do we get that data from our um, 
from our own documentation, cascade that down to units and organizational, be able to share that um, so we know and then can make adjustments and understand at this unit, here's the issue, identify what the issue is, and if it's a knowledge gap, right, to provide them that knowledge um, or education or training on these things, so then we've closed that, and then we're able to then see the link to our previous conversation of here's the, we're trying to drive this initiative or this unit-based issue forward. Um, we've identified the issues that they don't understand what we're trying to do. We close that gap, and then we should see the performance improve. So it's a, a mini hypothesis. We test it, and, and we advance it, and we realize that, well, it wasn't, I mean, the knowledge was helpful, but they're still not doing it, and we realize, well, they can't because some other system is in the way, so we need to move that. So it's, again, rapid cycle testing on this, but I think that whole vision is where we're trying to go, and we have some initiatives and some um, KPIs where we can drill down, and we have others that we're, we're working through and trying to make information not only readily available, because sometimes we can get to it, but quickly available. So it can be available, you know, um, you know, within 24 hours as opposed to a week. Um, and that helps us to make those rapid cycle adjustments. So to get to readiness, we need to understand whether or not there is truly a knowledge or education gap um, and, and what's driving that. Very quick, two questions. First is, what should be our benchmark? Because everything is so new towards the readiness. So since you're working towards helping an organization get ready or individuals get ready, how should an organization create benchmarks so that they're not just chasing a ghost and they never get there and everyone gets bad marks for not trying hard enough? Yeah, so I think the um, we start again with the, the end goal is, okay, we want to implement a new process or there's a new initiative that we're working on related to this and success looks like the following. Once you've identified what that success looks like, and it could be, you know, with... with um, one one that we're we're working on right now. Um, it could it could be that success is we've just oriented our new leaders to the the way that the organization works. Okay, so that fundamental thing provides some knowledge that we can test and they they have that understanding um, and then see if that is helping to to drive um, an end outcome of you know being able to uh, uh, implement the change a little bit faster. Um, so that, I think that the thing is we probably have to first start with what the end is and then work our way to what do we think will help them be ready and to set that as the, as the benchmark, understanding that there's always both a, a, um, a technical component to it as well as more of this human-related understanding um, of the change. 15 seconds, what would you say is your message to the business and technology leaders who are trying to get this, to, to, trying to bridge this knowledge and readiness gap? What should they do, be doing something new, more, or different so that they are able to achieve this objective? Yeah, so, and again, I think the, the conversation here is really focused a lot on, on change and, and humans. Um, so, so think about you know, whatever it is that we're doing, what's likely to be the impact for the individuals that are doing this work and what, what is that really going to change for them, right? Because the whole notion of a change by itself is, is, um, is complex. But then now what are the new, what's the new knowledge, skills, abilities, competencies, things that they're going to be doing differently that are going to be required of them because that will help to drive the success.
On behalf of the show and our listeners, thanks so much, Daniel, for sharing your views on how organizations can make learning part of their DNA, but also expand its impact to ensure it's translated into actual readiness for this fast-moving world. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And listeners, please like us on Facebook. Search for CTN CIO Talk Network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjay Gall, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.